How you all doing? Great to see some fathers in the house. I know we've got some obviously away today celebrating uh, different places, but uh, you know, it's, it's good to celebrate and uh, understand the importance of these days. Especially in times that we're living in right now, we're living in unusual times as well. We call it the signs of the times. We're in a position of a lot of children growing up without fathers or mothers, for that fact, and uh, no role models. We need role models, right? We need to be able to teach our children what uh, a future husband, father will look, look like, and the same with a mother. We need to give them their role models and understanding the difference between the male and female roles. And uh, of course, that's all been blurred today as well, hasn't it? Uh, where kids are being confused about their own identity. And, uh, and that's where the devil strikes. The, stri- the devil loves to strike on your identity. If he can cause you to think you're something you're not and confuse you, you never amount to what he's called you to be. And so you need to be strong. Well, I, I mean, even just doing a little fun thing like we did today, it's just men showing that, hey, we're, called to, we're supposed to be fighters. We're supposed to be strong. We, we, we will take the call when it comes up. And good on you guys for doing that because I know sometimes people go, oh, I don't want to go up on stage. <laughs> but it's all good. It's all good. It's all fun. But um, we're just seeing the, the family values eroded away today because there's a lack of fathers in the homes. And the father plays a big part in the home, as mothers do, do of course. But being fathers, I'm going to focus on the fathers. And uh, we need to understand the influence we have on our children is great. They watch everything you do, sometimes too much. <laughs> and I go, where'd you get that from? <laughs> Why are you doing that? Well, <laughs> yeah, because they follow an example. They follow an example. It's not always good. And my wife goes, that's your people. That's you. No, that's you. <laughs> but uh, you are called to make a difference. Pope John Twenty-Third said this, it is easier for a father to have, a, have children than for children to have a real father. See, anybody could have father children, but that doesn't make them a true father. Uh, and there's too many uh, relenting on their responsibilities in that area. Real fathers don't come ready-made. They need to learn. I know that's the hard thing when you're a, a monk piece, got his old plates on, and he's learning, he's doing well. And <laughs> it takes time to learn to be a father. I mean, you're just thrown in the deep end. Suddenly, you've got this new arrival, and you go, what do you do with this? You know, I don't, I don't know. Where's the mum? Because us guys just think you naturally know everything because you're women. You, 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 know, you, you had the, the baby, so you must know. It must come with instructions of some sort. And, uh, and we just don't know what to do. We go, okay, I'll hold it. How long do I have to hold it for? <laughs> what do I do now? Uh, I, I mean, I was horrified in the hospital when one nurse said, oh, can you change her nappy? And I go, what? <laughs> can you, come on, you can, oh, oh, no, your wife can't do it. She's just, had, you know, had, had the baby. She can't do it. You have to do it. Nobody told me this. <laughs> and I said, all right, I've go in. And I remember kind of the first child was really small, so it was like this big nappy kind of wrapped around it. I, Where's the head? You know, it's like, <laughs> it was just very awkward, and uh, I never really got the hang of those things. And um, I mean, it's quite easy. I mean, I'm glad to go in the early days where they used to have those cloth nappy things, didn't they? And, you know, and like pins, I probably would have stabbed them. I don't know. Uh, but there was these tabs. But I remember the first nappy I, I did, I was quite proud of myself. I thought, yeah, I've got it on. It's happening. It's the right way on and all that stuff. And someone came up and says, what the heck did you just do? And I said, what do you mean? What's wrong with it? It's on? It's on? 
It's the wrong way around. <laughs> Other tubs come back. <laughs> and so it looked really funny because it's like up here on this end <laughs> and a load this below. <laughs> the things you do, it's all learning. It's all learning and we're uh, working with that. I had one child as I got the hang of it, you know, it wasn't good enough for one particular child and I guess those that know my family really know, well, know who I'm referring to. One that liked to rip off the nappy because they knew the tabs were there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, I go, oh, not again. Stick it back on. Stick it. Of course, after a while, it loses stickiness. And they go, oh, another one. And raw, fix that. I've got some gaffer tape. <laughs> Stuck it on. I said, try that. <laughs> oh, Sharon came home and go, what the heck are you doing? I said, well, you know, just using my resources. And. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, but there's those little trials, you know, you've got to overcome, and guys are good at overcoming things. It may not look good, but uh, we're not into the looks, we're looking at the practical. Practical, that worked. And, uh, of course, there was the job of, Sharon used to be on the worship team years ago, and so she'd have to leave early for practice, and left me with three girls. Oh, dear, what am I going to do here? Um, she says, don't worry, don't worry, everything's laid out for you, Okay. Uh, and I, uh, yeah, so-and-so's clothes there, whatever, and, and the youngest one, the clothes are on the back of the chair. Yeah, no worries. Okay, leave it to me, it's fine. And the older one, two were okay getting dressed. It was just the younger one. I go, now, what did she say again? Um, something about over the back of a chair. Oh, oh, there's something over the back of the chair. Let's stick this on and put it all on and, and then try to do their hair, the pigtails, all crooked. And, and I remember bringing them front row and uh, Sharon's singing and she's looking like, Everyone's worshiping, she's looking like this. <laughs> well, I dressed them up in their pajamas, didn't I? I didn't know it was uh, <laughs> from the church in the pajamas. And uh, I don't think I had those buttons on the wrong. I don't know if I had them. I don't know where I had them, but yeah. But you know, you just learn those things. That's the practical, fun thing about being a dad. You learn as you go. And, uh, you know, we're, we're all learning. We're all learning. But what does a real father look like amongst all that? <laughs> There is a role that God has called each father to. He's called us to be a leader. We lead the way. Follow me, kids, you know. Like uh, whenever we go on holidays, it's like, follow me, you know. It's like I'm leading the way. Uh, We're the head of the household. I made that clear to the kids. And now this is the problem we have today. Uh, Sometimes parents give their role over to the children. Like I said, no, no, buddy, I'm I'm the head of the household. I, I tell the kids I'm the head of the household, not you. Yeah, but I, want, I don't care what you want. I'm the head of the household, all right? <laughs> so you have this little back and forth conversation. And, uh, but, you know, I've heard some horrific stories where they just allow the kids to take over from the parents' role. And that's disastrous. It doesn't play out well at all. We're called to be a provider. Um, you know, that's one thing I learned from my dad. My dad wasn't perfect. And uh, he, he did what he could to keep the family together. He'd work six, seven days a week just to, you know, put food on the table, pay the bills and all that. So I learned that one thing, that you have to be a provider. So, uh, you know, I've also worked three jobs at one stage and done all that because that was what I see as, the, as my responsibility to put uh, food on the table for my children. So I learned to be a provider and uh, also a protector. <clears throat> you know, who, who's seen the movie uh, Sound of Freedom? You know, that scene, uh, that poor father taking his kids along to what he thought was 
uh, an audition of some sort and, uh, and of course the kids get taken off and things like that. You know, I've seen too much of that kind of thing. My kids would not go anywhere without me sort of thing, checking the scene out. I was like, it's like, I'm going in. You know, I, take them, I, go, I go to a friend's house of theirs and, you know, drop them off for a party or something. But me, it's like, I'm going in and go just check the grounds like <laughs> and make sure it's all safe. Okay, safe, you can come in now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, because you just don't know what other parents' standards are. You know, I've seen some weird stuff. I'll check the house, I'll see what's on the walls, what they've got in their rooms, because you're bringing your child into an environment that may not be what you wish. There's been some horrific stories with all that. So we have to be a protector. You know, and I've said this before as a great illustration um, when Ashley was, I'll say Ashley, she doesn't mind me saying, <laughs> Ashley wanted to go to a party of a friend we didn't know who it was. I asked around the other parents, they said, well, they're new, we don't really know much about them. And I said, well, I'm not happy about this. And she said, oh, I was asleep, oh, Dad, I want to go. And I said, ah, oh, no, 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 sorry, you ain't going, you ain't going. She said, but that's not fair, you're not my friend. You know, you get those sort of things. <laughs> I go, that's right, I'm not your friend, I'm your, I'm your dad. And I'm your, your bodyguard, I'm your protector, and, and I will do that. So I said, however, I'll come and have a look. And uh, we had a look at the situation, and it, was okay. it looked okay. And I said, okay, you can go to the party, but you're not sleeping over. Oh, well, whatever. And I said, no, 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 no. I said, you are not sleeping over. I'm, I'm your security guard. I, I'm going to protect you, and I can't protect you at this party uh, at nighttime, whatever. You've got other people here during the day. I said, that's not happening. And, uh, and then she kicked up a fuss, and I said, well, okay. Let me look at it. Let me change my mind here. Let, let, let's do something different here. I said, okay, you can do the sleepover now, right? She says, I can. I said, yeah, on one condition. And she says, what's that, Dad? That I sleep over too. <laughs> so <laughs> she goes, oh, perhaps I'll just go to the party. <laughs> That's all good. So we've got to be a protector. We've got to be an encourager. You know, cheer your kids on. Come on, you know. I remember I used to be at the uh, village shops years ago and when I had gone home, because it'd be on a Sunday, there'd be no one in the car park, we're on the bikes, come on, you know, learning to ride the bikes, you're holding on as a dad running behind, you. yeah, come on, you do it, keep battling, keep battling. And then when they're not noticing, you just let go. <laughs> and they go, am I doing okay, dad, dad, dad? <laughs> and they crash. But you say, no, come on, let's get back up, let's get up. Guys are supposed, to, or dads are supposed to encourage the children because they look for your response. I remember one that fell off the bike, looks for my response, he goes, so it's just a flesh wound, you'll be all right. Get up, let's go again. <laughs> and, uh, and you keep them going, and you give them that strength, you give them that confidence. You attend their games. If they're playing sport, I used to go to three basketball games every Saturday for a while because all three were in different teams. I'd have to race from one court to the other, the other, and back and forth, pick them all up. And blah, blah, blah. You know what it's like as a parent. And, um, but, you know, it was just great because they look to you when they've got the ball or are about to shoot. They're about, where's Dad? Oh, yeah, which, which is Dad? <laughs> and they need your approval, and because uh, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for your approval. Your approval means a world to them. Yeah. You know, you don't realise that. And and uh, like uh, I've shared before, I, I I still feel so bad about this. My youngest one, and Caitlin would remember this because Caitlin used to play with basketball with my daughter Mariah. And at that age, I think they're only eight. You know, when they're eight, they sort of learning, they're all shy. I remember a little Caitlin, a little shy girl, like standing here. And, uh, and the coach comes on and helps encourage them, right? You stand there and you stand there, 
right, here's the ball, now you throw it to her. <laughs> this sort of encouragement. So you don't expect a lot. So as dad, you start chatting to the parents and stuff like that. You're still just keeping an eye on it because the coach is doing things. And I remember this one moment where I turned around talking to this uh, mother and having a chat. And she goes, oh, you just missed it. I said, what? What did I just miss? Your daughter just scored a goal. <gasps> First goal ever, because I didn't think she'd ever get there. It's like she'd throw the ball up and it would just come back down. It was nowhere near the hoop. It was like so far out. It's like, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. So, and of course, she looked to see what I'd seen. And I turned around, what? You did what? <laughs> do it again. Do it again. Show me. And she did do it again and again and again. <laughs> Became a ball hog after that. But anyway, so not too much encouragement, just, just enough. <laughs> but that was all good. You know, you've got to spend time taking them to the park. You know, even when you're tired, as parents, you know, we're living in a world where, you, you know, you don't have to work some long hours, but I always made time to take them out to the park. I'd come home and I was, like, exhausted. Dad, can we go out to the park? All right, let's go. And you just take them out. You just push yourself. It's for a time. I mean, I don't have to do it now. They don't come home and say, Dad, can we go to the park? <laughs> I said, go yourself. You've got a car here. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit different, a little bit different, but uh, yeah, certainly. Uh, you know, being there at night time, reading those books that they give you over and over again. How many times do you have to read the same book? Like, uh, <laughs> but the thing is, they get to know us so well, and I got so bored with them, you know, like, oh, here we go, I read this one. Dad, can you read this? this is my favorite. All right, yeah, I start reading it. And I'm watching it. I read a page. I watch to see if they're getting sleepy. So they get sleepy. I can flick a few pages. Yeah, a few more. And the end. <laughs> there you go. Dad, you missed a bit. <laughs> Which bit do I miss? <laughs> they knew the whole story back to front. But the thing is, we, are, we also are called to be a teacher as well. We are called to be an encourager, to be there for them, but also teach. Because they, they, they catch more than what you teach them. You know, you can say, do this, do that, yeah, 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 yeah. But they watch what you do. As one person once told me, kids don't do necessarily what you ask them to do. They do what you do. They copy you and do those things. So Proverbs 22 verse 6 says this, Train up a child in the way he shall go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So if you want your kids, how you view how you want your kids to look in their old life is how you wind them up now in the sense of your example, because they will turn out like you. You know, I played the other year that, uh, uh, that song from the, what was that, 70s, 80s, your my boy will turn out just like me. Remember that old song? Uh, Cats in the Cradle. That's it. Cats in the Cradle. Da, da, da. And that's so true because they are wired. Remember, children come into this world like not having any experience or knowledge in that sense at all. But they watch the parents. They learn off their parents. It's not like a child's born and you go, well, here, here you go. Read this. This is your manual for life. Just read this and you'll be fine. We can't just chuck an instruction manual at a kid and expect them to get through life. It's like uh, I remember teaching Ashley to drive, and she wanted to drive in a manual. Now, automatic is so easy, uh, but manual, not so easy, working the clutch. So go, all right, let's do this, let's do this. On the hill starts, you know, the hill starts, right? Uh, let's do that again from the top. <laughs> go back again. And we do it again and again and again. You just got to be patient, you know. You just got to go, okay, and now she can do it, no problems at all, of course. And, um, but there's those moments where you have to push through. There's moments you just got to do it for them and because you are the one that's going to influence them in everything. As a father, you need to spend your time and give your attention to their needs in that regards. Now let's have a look at Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 this morning. 
because there's what we can pick up from just uh, contact with our children, but there's also important instruction from God as well. And His Word, Deuteronomy 6 for 4 says, excuse me, <coughs> Hear, O Israel, Jehovah our God is one Jehovah, and you shall love Jehovah your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words which I command you this day shall be in your heart, and you shall carefully teach them to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. And you shall bind them for a sign upon your hand, and they shall be at the frontlets between your eyes. Clearly states here that we are to teach children in the ways of God. The father's role was to teach his children the truth of God's word on a daily basis through reading the word, through discipline, through example, and through sharing what God done for him. And if we can do that, I'm telling you, your kids will be wired up the correct way. And we learn that, you know, as it says in the Scripture, it doesn't just say a one-off like on a Sunday we teach them. It says be careful, carefully teach. It says, my, my translation says carefully, as like, you know, do due diligence to it. Don't just skip over like, oh, they'll work it out. Um, it says teach your children. Um, and it says when you sit down in your house. So in, when you sit down in your house, it means in your household, you're speaking and correcting them in, in the things of God. When you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. So it's covering all aspects of life. That God needs to be in your life. You demonstrating the power of the Word of God in their lives. So they are wired up the right way. Do not leave the teaching of your children just to the church or the schools. This is your responsibility, fathers. Your responsibility. Don't go, oh, give them to the church. We've had that over the time. It's very disappointing. When you have someone go, oh, what did you teach them today? I say, well, we, we did this in you know, children's church. They did that and whatever. And then when a kid's struggling, whatever, I've had parents come to say, what is the church doing about my kids' problems? No, 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 you're the parent. What are you doing about your kids' problems? You know, not, we are not the parent. It's an awesome responsibility, but you need to take it on. You need to take that challenge on. You know, we need to have those discussions around the table. At home, we... Of course, they're all older now. We can talk in a different fashion, but we talk about all the issues that's going on, and it's always uh, connected to the Word of God. Like, what does God has to say about this? I can't believe people are doing this, you know. We, we have these discussions, godly discussions around the table, and that's how it should be in your household. So the father's responsibility is to show the child the way he should go. As it says, train up a child in the way he should go. Some say the word teach, but I think training is different to teaching. Teaching, you can just give the words, but training, you're alongside, like a trainer runs alongside the runner or whatever it can will be because they need to know and understand how things are moving along. A father has a responsibility to set up the standard for his children. Ephesians 6, 4 says, And fathers, do not provoke your children, but nurture them in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. He, a father must be able to say, This is the way we live, and nothing less is acceptable. I, I've always taught my kids it's not negotiable, you know. Uh, the, the, God's Word is the way we live. That's it. It's not negotiable. Don't come in with another idea. That's not going to happen. This is how we live in this household. Hebrews 12, 6 says, For the Lord disciplines the one He loves and chastises every son whom He receives. Now, I've had some parents that get very funny with the whole thing of discipline. They, they say, no, I just sit down with my child and just talk to them. Yeah, well, you can talk to them all you like, but they, they go, some, I just find it goes in one ear out the other. 
And, uh, but it says he disciplines and chastises everyone that he loves. So discipline is an act of love because you don't want to see him hurt in any way. I think God has designed our bodies in such a way that we can feel pain. So I always say this as an example. If you, if you were talking away and you put your hand on a hot stove that's on and you could not feel pain, you'd do major damage, wouldn't you, to your hand? But you feel pain, so it's a reaction to pull away from pain. And so, you know, a little smack on the backside or whatever to a child uh, is like warning, wake up, there's danger ahead, don't, touch, don't go any further, that's it. And they, re- they always respond to pain with that situation and uh, will not go further. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he is the true father. And of course, we are to be called an example, we are an example, uh, it's the father's responsibility to lead by example. Children won't do what you ask. As I said earlier, they will do what you do. So just remember that. You can't have double standards. You know, if you're telling a kid to do that, but you do something completely opposite, they're going to see it straight away. Kids are very quick on picking things up like that. Um, a father's attitude must be do as I do, not merely do as I say. Uh, Joshua fourteen fifteen says, Joshua set the example for all fathers when he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that's been the very basic words in our house. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Your primary role as a father is to represent God before your children. So here we are, we're to teach them to fear God. As Proverbs 1.7 says, the fear of Jehovah is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear, the awe of God, we teach them the awe of God. And... Um, we teach them to also love God. Deuteronomy 6.5 says, And you shall love, uh, shall love Jehovah your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. We're also called... We're also... Have I dropped out there? Sorry. Hello? Sorry, we're back again. Uh, hello on the other side. Sorry. Um, <laughs> obey God. Proverbs 3.1 says, My son, forget not my law, but let your heart keep my commandments. We are to teach them how to obey God. <clears throat> For it says, For they shall add length of days and long life and peace to you. As a father, there will be two things that will cost you. It will cost you, you know. You cannot be a father and not turn up. You cannot be a father by name without actually doing any function. And basically, it will cost you money. I found that out. It costs you money. <laughs> Big money. And uh, it will cost you your time as well. A lot of your time. But it doesn't, uh, it doesn't go forever. Like I say to young parents, do the hard yards now with your children, wire them up the right way, and it will pay dividends later because, as it says, train the child well, it, it should go and will not depart from it in its eldest years because you've wired it up the right way. And so it is hard. Like, I know, I've had three daughters, and uh, I know what it's like, but you can get through it. I want to give you confidence. You can do this, guys. You can do it. Yes. Um, they may take it. No, I won't go there. <laughs> uh, but you, you need to understand you can push through things, learn things, and uh, just ask your Heavenly Father too. Sometimes as fathers, we forget we have a Heavenly Father as an example that wants to help us through these things. It's all written in His Word, and as we spend time, we'll, we'll understand that. And I've got a few passages in a minute that I'll, I'll go through. God shows us from the Word what a perfect Father is because He is the perfect Father. You know, like I said, some of us have had some disasters in uh, our relationships with fathers. Some fathers haven't even been on the scene. Some people don't even know what a father figure is supposed to be. Uh, some have had 
some bad moments with fathers. Some had just been good, but like my dad was good, but he was never around because he was too busy. So um, I just, I don't know what, I, I actually spent most of my time with another father down the road uh, with his family, going out with them because my dad was always working. So, but fathers are important because we're wired up by them. This morning you can take comfort in knowing that your heavenly father loves you, believes in you and wants you to spend time with him. He also has prepared a future for you, but it requires you to trust him to enter into a relationship with him. Psalm 103 gives a great picture of God as a heavenly father. There's several things in that passage. Psalm 103 verse 3 says, he forgives all, he's the forgiven father. He forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. He is a forgiven father. Uh, verse 12 in uh, Psalm 1-3 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far as he has removed our transgressions from us. God is a forgiving God. He chooses to forgive you as far as what the east is from the west. That's an incredible thing because they just keep going that way. And uh, he's a redeeming father. He's the one who redeems your life from ruin. He changes you. As the scripture says, he, he takes us out of the miry clay and puts us up on a rock. You know, what a great picture. You know, because I, I know that some dads get stuck in the mud sometimes. But you give your life to Jesus, you come to him, you give your life to God, he'll take you out of that and set you up on the rock. It says that he is the satisfying father of Psalm 103 verse 5, who satisfies your desire with good. He is the righteous father. Uh, Psalm 103 verse 6, Jehovah works righteousness and judgment for all who are pressed down. And this is one I really like is Psalm 103 verse 8, he is the merciful father. Jehovah is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, rich in mercy. I, I, want, I want to let you know that God is merciful. God is gracious. When we've had a bad experience with an earthly father, we think that our heavenly father's like that. That's a bad picture. He cares for you. He loves you. He wants you to receive him. God is the ideal, uh, sorry, ideal father, the perfect example of all to all fathers. So we can learn from um, our Heavenly Father that a true father provides, protects, and keeps his promises. He disciplines and corrects, sheds light on error, but then always reassuring his children of his love. He never rejects or abandons them. The Father listens, and he is gracious, merciful, and forgiving. As fathers today, if you can grab hold of those principles that God has put in his word about who he is, so if you're struggling to be a father today, look at the example of our Heavenly Father, what He has done, what He has said. Follow His example, and you too will be a true father. But you know what? It's a choice you make. You have to make that choice to rise up. You may not have started well, but it's not about how you start, it's about how you finish. So no matter where you are right now, you can decide today, this is it. Okay, I've not been a good father. I'm going to change all that. Today, I'm going to change. I'm going to do something different. I'm going, to, I'm going to be the father I'm called to be. Because you are the head of the household. You're also like an umbrella protection upon your family. I always remember one guy speaking this in the spiritual realm because we spoke a lot about the physical here as well. But in a spiritual realm, uh, the devil always likes to throw his fiery arrows at you. And, and it's like when we walk under God's covering, we're like walking under an umbrella. We're protected from those fiery darts. If we choose to step out of that umbrella, we can be hit by those fiery darts. 
And the thing is, because we are the head, it flows through the whole body. If, and, and with the head over the wife in the marriage, and you've got the kids underneath there. So you open them up to spiritual attack too if you're not doing the right thing. So if you want your kids to be safe from spiritual attack, you've got to make sure you're walking right with God. Now, I'll give you one true story. I said this last night to somebody. I just said, you know, um, the illustration that was given of a young boy, probably 12 at school, lunchtime, 12 o'clock, having his lunch, buying a sandwich and that. And he said suddenly he was flooded. His mind was flooded with uh, pictures uh, of, of uh, naked women and things like that. And he, he, he was shocked. He said, why, why, I'm just eating my sandwich. Why, why are these things coming to me? What's going on? But he was so disturbed, he went home that night and he said, Dad, I had something really weird happen today. I don't know what the heck's going on. I don't know what's wrong with me. And he said, what's wrong, son? He says, well, I've sit down having lunch and suddenly I just saw all these images. I don't, I'm trying to get them out of my head. I just got these images in my head. And, and the father says, well, when did this happen? He says, oh, when I was having lunch about 12 today. And the father suddenly realized at 12, he was also having lunch. And he was sitting around with a bunch of guys looking at the wrong sort of magazines. That affected his son because he stepped out of his covering and exposed himself and his son and family to that. There's something powerful that happens in the spiritual realm when you expose yourself. Remember, you are a covering as a father. You are the protector of your children, and you need to be right by God. If you're not right with God, then it's going to be hard for your children to be right with God because it's that spiritual covering. So this morning, in closing, that's the first place you need to start. You need to get right with God this morning. And if you haven't done that, or perhaps you just fell away or something like that, you have an opportunity this morning to come back to Him because our Heavenly Father has always got His arms open to you to receive you. So let's just close our eyes this morning and uh, just bow our head. And I want to pray firstly for all people here, not just fathers, that you would know the love of the true Father. That love comes from a, a relationship with Him. He so longs to have you as part of His family. His arms are extended to you this morning. And if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't know what it's like to have that relationship with the true Father through Jesus, then it's one prayer away. You can receive today and be part of that heavenly, Father, uh, that heavenly family. So this morning, if you've never received Jesus and you'd like to receive him as your Lord and Savior, wherever you are in this auditorium, just raise your hand and I'll see the hand and just pray for you that you, you would know him in a relationship. Thank you, Jesus. See that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Because the most important thing that you can do is know that you have a heavenly father. You know, our earthly fathers come and go, whatever the situation may be, but your Heavenly Father is eternal and He sees you, He cares for you. Firstly, this morning, we want to make sure everyone's right, so we're going to say a little sinner's, what we call a sinner's prayer, asking God to come into our life. And if you want to receive Him or just support those that want to receive Him this morning, just follow me in what I'm about to say. So let's say together, Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. I believe you died on the cross to pay for my sin and that you rose again from the dead. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior and invite you to come into my life. 
I thank you now. Amen. If you've made that decision today, that's the best decision you can make. This is the start and journey of you being in the family of God and understanding who the Heavenly Father is, that He is the true Father. But I also want to pray today for our dads, those that have struggled. Look, I've heard some terrible stories out there and some real sad stories as well. But as I said, if God is for you, who can be against you? If your Heavenly Father is with you, if you look to Him, you know, you can, you can work on some of these issues. You, you know, I've known son and father get back together because they decided to make a decision. I'm going to try it. You know, I'm not guaranteeing it will always work because I know some fathers uh, are stubborn, prideful, and they won't receive that. But as long as you've done, as the Bible says, all that you can do, as much as it depends upon you, do that all that you can do. And so I'm inviting you, for those that have had issues, to actually come to the altar this morning. I'm going to open up the altar in a minute. I want you to come forward and just say, God, I've done all I can or I need to, but I need your help. God is your helper. He is your helper. He'll help you through those moments. It's, like I said, in any congregation, I can find a lot of men that have had some difficulties because of father issues. Pastor Phil Pringle at one conference just made a call at the end and said, I want fathers to come forward. You know, we want to pray for you if you have difficulties in your... And it doesn't mean necessarily that you've done anything wrong. It could be that you've done something wrong. You want to change, repent of that. It may be just circumstances, but you want to know that God is with you and give you courage to make that relationship work again. I want you to come forward. And Pastor Phil did this, and he said he could not believe how many hundreds of men came out from this conference, uh, you know, weeping. And uh, some of them never even understood what it was to have a father themselves. And he said, you know, you just comforted them. Some guys just wanted a hug, you know, like you just never been hugged by the Father, never heard the words, well done, well done, I'm proud of you, those little things, and uh, you know, it's important, it's important, and for those that have struggled in that area this morning, I want to say to you, that God knows you, God knows your struggles, God feels those struggles, but God doesn't want you to stay with that, today is a day of change, it's like I'm going to stand up and be the man of God I'm called to be, I'm going to receive all that God has for me this morning. So let's just stand in this place this morning. And if you want prayer, if, if you just want to make a declaration, Father, I'm coming out here, my Heavenly Father, I'm coming out here today because things are not right in my relationship with my own family and I need to make that change. I'm ha Or I may be battling through things. I need your help to give me wisdom and discernment for those things. Whatever it may be, it doesn't matter. I just want you to come forward and I'm just going to lay hands on you and believe that God's going to touch you. Thank you.